Welcome to the Best Day Kitchen, and our new episode, our series, is on baking up a better, bitter-free life, and uh, I am just super excited. If you know anything about me, um, I love cooking. Uh, It is like a therapy for me. I love cooking, and I love the Word of God, so it just kind of goes together. We're in a great thing, and so for the next seven weeks, what I get to do is I get to share with you and all our online folks the... uh, Art of Making Heidi's Incredible Mexican Chocolate Cake, which is probably the best chocolate cake ever on the planet. It has a secret ingredient and a bunch of little twists to it that'll make you just go like, whoa, it's incredible. When it comes to baking up a better, bitter-free life, the recipe we're going to use is the recipe from the book of Philemon, where Paul, who's this incredible Christian leader who's been through all kinds of garbage, bitter stuff, challenging stuff, looks at this younger believer whose, whose name is Philemon. And so Philemon is kind of the head of a church, and he's helping guide that church and everything else. Well, he had this servant, and the servant's name was Onesimus. And Onesimus just bailed out, like, checked out, don't want to do this anymore, I'm gone. So as fate would have it, Onesimus runs to Rome where he meets Paul, probably the best Christian ever and the best at converting people. Cool part is Onesimus learns about God, Onesimus starts a relationship with God. Onesimus finds forgiveness and like all of the incredible worship that we have here in the kitchen. He finds freedom from his past. He's no longer tangled up. And then Paul says to him, hey, Onesimus, it is time to go home. You gotta go face the music. You gotta make this right with Philemon. So Onesimus is ready to go. Paul and Timothy, they craft this letter. The book of Philemon is what we call it. It's actually a letter. Craft this letter to Philemon to help Philemon prepare to receive Onesimus back. What they're saying to him is this, Onesimus, you could choose, I mean, Philemon, you could choose to be bitter over this issue with Onesimus, or you can choose to find a way to let it sweeten your life and sweeten the lives of your church and all those people around you. You have a choice. So for the next seven weeks, we're gonna look at seven steps that will set you free, I promise, to a better, bitter, free life. So if you have some bitter thing in your life, and we all do, right? Abandonment issues, right? Lies, deceit, gossip. Oh, just things where maybe you even messed up, right? Or a boss. And we end up with all of these bitter things. None of us are strangers to this. And we all experience it. So over the next seven weeks, we're going to see this beautiful thing where we are just kind of set free or find these seven steps to living a what? A better, bitter, free life. Okay, you're going to be a studio audience. Ready? A better, bitter, free life. And so that's where we're headed. But before we get there, I think probably what we should do is look at Heidi's chocolate cake. So welcome to episode one, the ingredients. I need three volunteers from the audience. One, who, come on, one, two, come on, some guy. I need a guy, guy, I need a guy, a guy, three. All right, let's go. Three, good, all right. They're gonna get their aprons on and what we're gonna do is start looking at our list of ingredients of Heidi's most incredible chocolate cake. You should have them because you should have been handed a recipe card when you came in. On the front of that recipe card, we're gonna work on Heidi's chocolate cake. On the back of that recipe card, we're gonna work on the recipe for a better, bitter, free life. How you doing? Dwayne, good? Wonderful. All right, come on, right over here, girls. All right, so you guys, step on in here. Make sure you're standing behind the table so that the audience online can see you. There you go. All right, you ready? Come on. Okay, good. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at all of the ingredients that we have for a 
chocolate cake, Heidi's especially. So let's just lay them out. We'll go left to right. You ready, guys? Okay, let's get sugar right here. Sugar. All right, good. And it's open. See, because they know I can't open things, right? Okay, and flour. We got flour. All right, cool. Open here. Left to right. See, that's front to back. There you go. All right, left to right. Cocoa. We got cocoa. Cocoa. There we go. All right, open it up. Make sure it's open. Baking powder. Got it? Baking soda. Good. Make sure they're all... Okay, girl, left to right. There you go. We're, we're going to get this worked out, okay? okay. You get, have you worked in a kitchen much? Yeah, yeah. You have? Yes. It's been never left to right. Okay, good. All right. So we have baking soda. And how about some vanilla, some salt? How about some vanilla and some salt? All right, Father Daddy Dwayne, he's setting us up. All right, salt. All right, eggs, milk, and oil. That's the last one, eggs, milk, and oil. Oil is considered the oil and the butter. And we need the powdered sugar down here because it's powdered, it's sugar. Is it open too? All right, you guys are set. All right, somewhere, somewhere in our kitchen, I feel certain, are some spoons for us to taste this with because that's what you guys are going to do today. Yeah, that's awesome. So... There's a box on the table. That's a box of spoons right there. Okay, good. Thanks for the stage crew. I was looking for silver spoons, but you guys are only worth plastic. Okay? So here you go. You got your spoons. So what I want to do is this. Just as we introduce ourselves the ingredients, Dwayne, I want to ask you to open one of those bottles of water as an emergency procedure. And, um, and then what I want to do is I want to taste them. So we're just going to taste them left to right because that will make it simple. You ready? All right, so what I want you to do is just get a spoonful of sugar, put it in your mouth, and I want you to tell the studio audience, good, bad, overpairing, yik, whatever. Ready? All right, go. Yeah, big old spoonful. Don't cheat. No, a spoonful, sweetie. Here. Let me show you how this works. All right, there we go. Like, yeah, here we go. No, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Okay, just, no. There's a trash can right here. Yeah, you go. All right, so I'm going to say probably a spoonful of sugar. Eh, not so great. All right, number two, confectioner sugar. This should be even better, really. Here we go. Ready? Okay, so I'm thinking confectioner sugar, probably not too good on its own. I, I'm going to vote for that. What do you think? You can just spit it right in there, sweetie. There you go. All right. It's like the old wild west up here. All right. So, uh, Dwayne, I think we're up on flour. Flour? Yeah. Come oh. on in there, baby. I'll get my own. Okay. <laughs> you better get a big old spit. There you go. All right. Go. Tell us what it's like. <laughs> All right. So... So far, we have sugar, and we have flour, and they're not doing too, too no, great. No. no? It's no? Not good alone? And then we're going to do is cocoa. Are you ready? Come on, step on up here. Get in the light. There you go. Oh. Wait, baby, you got to try it. I did. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know if you're seeing a trend here, but uh, the ingredients of chocolate cake alone don't seem to be... Are you Okay. Okay, step up here in the light. You're in a studio audience. Nobody can see you. All right, so what we have now is baking powder. 
Baking powder. You're up, girl. There you go. You can do it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, we have yet to find anything other than sugar that was remotely tolerable, but we're not giving up. Dwayne, you want to serve yourself? Yeah, yeah I'll serve myself. <laughs> a little baking soda. Now, if, you, if you're here, if you're here for episode two and three, you're going to find the magic between baking powder and baking soda. They do very different things. So make sure you're here for episode two and three, the mixing and the science. This is going to carbonate him. No. <laughs> no. No. All right. He says no. All right. Next up. I'm not eating vanilla. You can't. See, one of the things of being a volunteer. Here. Kate. Katie, she's putting you, batting you up here. There you go, sweetie. Yeah. Tell me how that is. <laughs> All right. Not good. Not good. All right. Let's give her a round of applause. She tried it. All right. So, so far we get sugar, flour, cocoa, baking soda, baking powder, vanilla. Did we want to just skip salt? Yes. Like we just know. Yes. Okay, we're yeah. just going to skip salt. Yeah. All right, so hey, let's do this though. Let's, uh, let's do this. We don't want to miss this ingredient right here. I got all egg. There we go. Let's see if we can get that all mixed up. Dwayne, I believe you're up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. It's all you. All right. Okay. Oh, drink it. What? Oh, oh come on. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Right. Hey, Dwayne, just step in here to the table oh. a little bit. We will make sure you're on camera, brother. All right, good. Rocky. Rocky. Step forward. Step forward. Yeah. That wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. Hey, we, we have one ingredient, which is eggs. Uh, you want to just straight out the vanilla? Here, just take a swig. Tell us how you like that. Is that good? <laughs> it doesn't taste like milk anymore? It does. It tastes like milk. She approves. Let's hear it. All right. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And again, the rest is just oil, Katie. So you're up on some oil here. You ready? You could try butter instead. You want to try butter instead of oil? You just don't care anymore. All right. All right, good. There you go. Yes, there you go. Mm. You want to try? Here. What, I'll do the butter. What did it taste like? It just tasted like oil. All right, kind of tasteless, bland. All right, good. Dwayne, he's in for some butter. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're from the... You're not really from the South, are you, Dwayne, originally? No, no. Did, where are you from? Michigan. Michigan. Do they use butter in Michigan? Uh, no. No. In the South, we use butter. Yes? We use butter in the South, and we use oil, and we use lots of sugar and everything else. Well, I got my protein now. Fat. <laughs> Protein, okay. fat? Yeah. All right, so what? You think you can do butter? A little bit. A little bit of butter. The bottom line is, other than milk, there's nothing at all tolerable on its own, really, for this cake. Is that no, correct? That is you correct. Agree? You agree? Yes. All right, let's give our volunteers a round of applause. Can I take the water with Yes, you? take your water with you. You're good. So one of the, one of the coolest things about all of this is that there is no difference when you are trying to bake up a bitter-free life. No difference at all. 
all of the things that come together to help you have a bitter free existence are pretty absolutely intolerable on their own. Like they're just challenges, right? And you say, well, no, because Doug, like love is something that, you know, we use to make a bitter free life. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But you know, when you have to exhibit unconditional love, that's a little more difficult, right? That's a little more tart in the mouth in the life. It just gets a little more difficult when you look at all of these things. So, so my question is this, how many of you in the studio audience have faced bitterness at some point in your life? Bitterness, just anger, been done wrong, yeah, good. Left, abandoned, yeah, all, abandoned, you want in? Okay, good, sad that we have that many people, but it's the true fact that so many of us have just faced all kinds of abandonment and everything else in our lives. So when we, when we, Look at baking up a better, bitter-free life. We've got to look at it just like if we were baking a cake. So clearly this is a stage, and it's not a real kitchen. If we were going to go into cake production and make the absolute best cake, we would go to a real kitchen. Yes? Real kitchen. And we would have a chef, somebody who is a bakery, pastry chef, who knew exactly what they were doing. They would provide us with the best ingredients, the best tools, the best setup, the best ovens. There'd probably be like some sous chefs, right, to help keep things. We probably would be the people who are working, washing dishes and learning, right? But we would have all the capabilities to bake up a really, really great cake. When it comes to baking up a bitter-free life, to get rid of that bitterness in your life, you actually need the exact same thing. You need the ability to get in the right kitchen. And so in the framework of Christianity, in the framework of the promise that we make, that we hear, that we've lived, that God can help us deal with our bitterness, the best kitchen would be his kitchen, right? All right, the best kitchen would be his kitchen. And so when we're trying to face injustice or we're trying to face all these challenges of our life, what we wanna do is be in the right kitchen at the right place at the right time. As Paul opened his letter to Philemon, he opens with these opening words that actually help us identify not only the kitchen that we wanna be in, but the first three ingredients that we need. Here's how it reads. This letter is from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus, and our brother Timothy. Timothy was like his partner in ministry. I'm writing to Philemon, our beloved coworker, and to our sister Aphia and our fellow soldier in Christ, Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So these opening words define for us who the master chef is. Because who are they appealing to? Paul's not saying, I send you grace and peace. Paul's not saying, listen to me, do, do me. He's saying what? That God will provide you. So the master chef in the kitchen that bakes up a better, bitter, free life, I'm gonna argue all day long is God. Now, I wanna just be honest. God's principles are eternal. And some of you might argue, well, I could take all seven of these steps that you're gonna give us over the next seven weeks and the next seven episodes, I could apply them on my own and end up with a better, more bitter-free life. And I would argue that's true because God's principles are eternal. But can you imagine if you get in the right kitchen with the right master chef? So when you can't really figure out how to be loving, when you can't figure out how to let it go, you have God, you have his truths and his instructions to set you free. But more than having a master chef, he identifies who the sous chefs are, right? Aphia, Archippus, the church. 
So what's he say? We have fellow workers. Philemon, you're not alone. We've all been here. We've all faced these challenges. We're here. We can show you. So he identifies that kitchen crew, right? And then he identifies us, the broader kitchen crew, the crew that's trying to learn maybe how to live a better, better free life. And we need examples and we need leaders. He says what? To, To the church that's in your home, all those people around you. See, because when I bake up a better, bitter, free life, not only do I benefit, but my partner benefits, my spouse benefits, my, my friends benefit, my date, right? Everybody around me, my children, everybody benefits when I have a better, bitter, free life. So he identifies the chef, he identifies the people. They're all piling around Philemon. They're there for Philemon. And Paul stretches the boundaries a little bit and says it's not just for you, Philemon, to get free of the bitterness. It's not just for you. It's also for everyone around you. But then I want you to notice, like, what, is the, what are those first two ingredients, right? What, did you see them? They're grace and peace. Grace and peace. Which makes sense, because if I'm going to beat bitterness, what do I need? I, need? I need to be able to stand up under fire, right? I just need strength. I, I need to be able to, to handle myself gracefully. I need to be able to take those insults, bear those insults, to just remain composed while I try to get my feet on the ground and figure it out. And there's no doubt I need peace, right? Because without peace, I'm gonna react emotionally. In fact, I'm just gonna react, which in itself might be bad. I'm not gonna be able to get my heart settled down to where I'm actually looking at truth and looking at the fact that God might be able to help me, right? Okay, so I need peace. And I love the way that the Bible describes these first two ingredients, grace and peace. Grace is, is most often defined, I think this is my favorite definition, grace is defined as the unmerited strength of God that helps me to do more than I could ever do without God. In other words, I might be able to gut this out on my own, but with God, I'm gonna do what? Bigger, better, broader, more than I could ever think, hope, or ask, because grace is a miraculous provision from God. That's why he says, I pray that God and Jesus give you Peace, grace and peace, right? So I need grace and I need it. And the source of that is the master chef, right? And the sous chef, Jesus, comes to us by the Holy Spirit, another member of the kitchen crew. And it's really interesting when you look at this because if you actually look and just read God's word in the Bible, what it tells you is this. You received God's grace when you were saved. John, okay? Luke, John 1, 17. You um, got grace when his power showed you that Jesus is real, Ephesians chapter two. When Paul was suffering under this tremendous trial, he had a physical trial himself, so he's telling Philemon how to beat bitterness. Paul's telling him out of experience. He's already learned, he's up up the chain in the kitchen. And what he's saying is like, I had this terrible, terrible, bitter trial in my faith and illness. I kept saying, God, heal me. And God didn't heal me, God didn't fix it, God didn't make it better. And he started like, God, what? But then what happened? God looked at him and said this, Paul, the illness isn't going away, but my grace is sufficient and my glory will be seen by how you overcome this physical infirmity with a style. Do you get it? So grace is the strength of God that allows me to do more than I could ever, 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 ever do on my own. But he also prays for him, right, to have peace. He praised him to have peace, to, to, that God and Jesus will give Philemon peace, this kind of peace that just makes it so that I can just slow down. How about this, the peace that allows me to be humble? 
and say, you know, you really stink for what you did to me. And this circumstance stinks, but you know, I've done stuff like this before. So maybe I had to just slow down and be humble. That's peace. That, it takes peace to do that, right? To just slow down. So you have the grace that gives us the strength to conquer this, to stand up under it. But we need peace to calm our hearts, to fix our lives, to hope for the best. And arguably, you will never make the bittersweet without peace. And so they pray. Paul prays, like, may God and Jesus give you grace and peace. And when it comes to peace, you know, Paul wrote this verse in Philippians 4, 6 to 7, which I think just describes this second ingredient so well. It says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and supplication, that means by talking to God and asking for help, and with thanksgiving, in other words, a little thankfulness, a little humility here, right, because we can actually talk to him, present your request to God, and watch this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, what I love about that is this, the peace that transcends all understanding. So this isn't yoga peace. Like, you know, Amber and I do yoga. When we get done with yoga, we're like, ah, we're stretched out. It's been quiet in the house. Everything's great. It's peaceful. But that peace only endures until my phone tells me there's another problem, church, or the website's down, right? We're talking about the peace that transcends Everything. In other words, in every situation, if my peace is coming from God, I have the ability to carry and operate in that peace, to slow down, to be humble, to take a breath, to not react, and to wait until I'm smart, or at least smarter. And that peace is described in, in the book of Galatians as a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, all I have to do is have the Holy Spirit in my life and be walking with God, and it says that the fruit of the Spirit, just the automatic thing I'm given, is what? peace. But you're always praying, God, give me peace. And I can see God up there. It's good that I'm not God. I'd be up there, the master chef of this makeup kitchen. I'd be like, I already gave you that ingredient. Just use it. Right? So there's this idea that this peace transcends anything earthly, that it's mystical, spiritual, but it is. Spirituality, belief in God, a spiritual life is a mystical thing that does transcend the understanding. But do not do not ignore it because it's still real. Just because it's spiritual doesn't mean it's not real. So when it comes to baking up a better, bitter-free experience in life, the first two things that we need are a little bit of grace or a ton of grace. And we need it to come from God because we need it to do more than any grace we could ever do. So we can have a little class, right? Endure the insults, stand, stop, Embrace that peace from God. These are our first two ingredients. But I don't know if you know it or not, Paul wrapped these up in this recipe with a third ingredient. And the third ingredient is critical because the third ingredient is this. I need to have a healthy relationship with God because they came from God. So if I'm not in the right kitchen and I'm not working for the right chef, I'm gonna get subpar ingredients. I'm gonna have a subpar experience. I may work some of this out, but I'm not gonna get everything that I could get and I'm not gonna be able to operate everything every way the way I should. Does that make sense? So he says what? May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you. And so that's what we have. What we have is this third ingredient, which is just a 
relationship with God. I think on the, the video monitors it says a healthy a relationship with God. I want to add that adjective in, a healthy relationship with God. Not an idle one, not a dead one. It's good to believe, but it's totally different when you actually get in the kitchen and get elbow up dirty with God, baking up a better life. And he will help you. And when you can't figure it out, he will reach in. He will give you guidance. He will give you grace. And he'll give you peace. We can only get enduring grace and peace from God. So like if, if we're Christians, like the thing that we really need to do is trust God to make bitter better. Because that's what this is all pointing at, is that ultimately I can't change this, but I can trust God to help me make bitter better, to embrace the challenges of life and come out stronger, more prepared for the next challenges, to embrace pain and agony and deceit and abandonment, but learn how to handle that and learn how not to do that to other people. Thus taking bitter, sweetening it into something better for the people around me, the people who follow me, not repeating, not becoming bitter. It actually can protect me from bitter. And this is the way Paul put it. Paul puts it this way when he's writing in Romans. He says this, we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those that what? Love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So what is God's purpose for you? Well, here's God's purpose for you. He said in John 10, 10, I, Jesus, came so that every human being could have life and have it abundantly. We are not supposed to have to want to curl up in the corner of our offices overwhelmed by life. We are not supposed to sit in the bottom of our shower crying because we're sick and tired of the pain that we feel from when we were a kid and got treated like poop. We are not supposed to be living in things that happened 15 years ago, even if they were real. We don't have to live this way. We can be free. And in fact, if we'll have an enduring relationship with God, not only will he give us grace and he'll give us peace, but he'll take all the things, good and bad, in our lives, mix them together, all these cruddy ingredients, all these challenging things, along with a few good ones, and we'll end up with a tasty cake of a life. Now, I'm not just saying that because it's some empty promise. I've had my share of garbage. I've had my share of opportunities to be bitter, and sometimes I have been, and I've had to get over it. I've had people call me on it. I'm pretty bitter resilient at this point, but it's only because I had to face bitter and find better. And I know no better way in the kitchen of life than for you to trust God, because he comes through in his promises, to give you grace, to give you peace, and to use all things for a better life. And I promise you, he can do that. So, every week in our studio audience, we are doing a giveaway. And uh, the giveaway this week is this. If you wanna begin your journey, if you wanna begin your journey from bitter to better, you can do that today. So, what I want everybody to do in the studio audience is this. Before I do the giveaway, I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And it's kind of old school, but I want you to just get a little bit of private space because we're in the kitchen of God. And I want you to ask yourself this. Do I have in my life something that's bitter? Something that I could be very bitter just like Philemon could be about. Something I'm bitter about against myself. Something bitter. Have I been abandoned? Do I have those things? Is there a place where I could be better by being bitter free. If that's you, would you just slip your hand in the air, just real quick. You could be better by getting rid of bitter. Got a bitter thing? Okay. For those of you who did that, what I wanna do is give you a free gift today. The free gift is this. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. 
that's just a prayer of what I call putting a stake in the ground. It's just saying this, from this point forward, for the next seven weeks, I'm gonna work on letting God take bitter and make it better. And I'm gonna start by using these first two ingredients, but really what I'm doing is just putting a stake in the ground. So if that's you and you wanna pray that way, listen, I want you to just kinda look up and catch my eyes, because I'm gonna pray with you. Cool, 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 awesome, tremendous. Anybody else? Cool. All right, so if I were gonna pray, if I had something I was facing with bitterness right now, this is how I'd pray. Hey, Father, today I just wanna start to experience a better, better free life. And I know it's gonna take a process. In fact, maybe seven weeks of tips and a little more work. But today I wanna commit this bitter situation with X. You have to fill your own X in to you. I'm gonna do my best, but what I wanna ask you to do is to give me grace and peace. I trust you that you can actually take this crap and make me better. Cool. Also, I want to introduce you to one more free gift that we're going to be um, giving away every week, which is this. If you don't have a healthy relationship with God, your challenge of going from bitter to better is going to be really, really difficult. But we are there with you. We have a bunch of people wearing Here to Help shirts today, and they've all actually been trained on everything that we're doing for the next seven weeks. In other words, they can actually help you begin a conversation. If you just need somebody to talk about and go like, what's the next step? Or, hey, what about this? You just want somebody to pray with. Or you need just somebody to vent to. That often is the beginning of getting bitter out of your life. It's just popping that, you know, zit of bitterness. They're gonna be around. There'll be a couple at the stage at the end of this episode and some as you exit and some in the living room, which is like our green room. So make sure that if you have anything that you stop with them, they'll be happy to sit down and talk to you. We all need a friend sometimes. Sometimes we just need somebody objective, but they will be glad to help guide you. They know what they're doing and they're there for you. And then the final giveaway is this. At the end of the episode, we're gonna be giving away this KitchenAid mixer to, uh, to you, but there's one thing you gotta do to get it, and which is this, you gotta learn the whole recipe. And the only way to learn the whole recipe is to be here all seven weeks. I know that's cheesy, but we need a studio audience. So here it is. Every week, we're gonna give you another piece of Heidi's great chocolate cake recipe. At the end, you're gonna be able to make a cake. We're gonna judge those cakes, and the winner gets this. So you gotta be here every week to make sure you get that piece of Heidi's recipe, and at the same time, you're gonna get shamelessly a wonderful piece to making a better, bitter-free existence for you on this planet, or maybe a friend of yours that you can pass on. And speaking of that, we still have room in the studio audience. Make sure that you take this experience and bring somebody back with you who might benefit from it. You might just set them free. They might just find that God can take all things and use them for good for those that love him. And I promise you, he can. Cool. That's it for this week's episode. I hope we get to see you next week. Next week, we start the mixing and the science. And that's really cool. We'll see how all the ingredients work together. And we'll actually begin to bake our cake and mix our cake up. So until then, I hope you have a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous week. And don't forget kickball.